This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Daniel 7. I'm real close there. The book of Daniel chapter 7. Now, where we're going tonight, in Daniel, you'll go through Isaiah, Jeremiah, the major books, Ezekiel, and then you'll come into Daniel. Daniel chapter 7. The goal here is to teach us how to understand the kingdom authority. About how God, he, he's blessed every one of us. That he's, he's given us authority. But listen, if, if I don't know what my authority is, it's very hard to act on it. Now, uh, authority is delegated power. And how that would look is a police officer, he has delegated authority. And what I mean by that, if you're going down, let's say you're at the loop and, the, and slide road and there's a big wreck and there's a police officer standing in the middle of that major uh, intersection and he sees you coming and he goes this to you, what are you going to do? If you're smart, you're going to stop. When he does this, you go forward. Now, that's delegated authority. That he is not strong enough to stop that car on his own ability I mean, if he stuck his hand out there to stop the car in his own power and ability, he would get run over and squashed like a bug. But because of delegated authority that's been given him, you know, well, this is what we're going to talk about, the delegated authority that the Bible gives us. So here we start in the book of Daniel, chapter 7, verse number 13. And this is Daniel talking, and he said, I was watching in the night visions. He must have been an old man. He's having visions. And behold, one like the Son of Man. Now, when you look at terms of, of Jesus, the Son of Man was a, a messianic prophecy. Oftentimes, you'll hear Jesus reference himself as the Son of Man. Sometimes the Son of God. If you were to go in the book of Daniel, you would find three Hebrew, Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They get thrown in the fiery furnace, and when the king gets ready to let them out, he says, man, I, I see four in there. And the fourth one looks like the Son of God. But in this passage, he referenced himself to the Son of Man because Jesus came to the earth as a man. He walked as a man. So in this prophecy, he said, behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with clouds of heaven, and he came to the Ancient of Days. The Ancient of Days is Father God. He'd been around a long time. He goes on to say, and they brought him near before him. And then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and language should serve him or confess him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. Now, Daniel, he saw this in a vision, and he prophesied this thousands of years before the Lord Jesus ever came on the scene. And so if you begin to cross-reference these, one of the cross-reference here would take you to the book of Matthew 28, 18. Matthew 28, 18, the Lord Jesus said, All authority is given to me in heaven and earth. Now that's what the Lord Jesus said. All authority is given to me in heaven and earth. So turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 2. 
Hebrews chapter 2. And what I'm going to do to start here is I'm just going to give you some biblical reference where you begin to see that the authority is all, is all toward Jesus. Every bit of it. The dominion was Jesus. All authority on, on heaven and earth is Jesus. And so what we'll ultimately do, we'll ultimately work our way to the authority that he's given us. Now in Hebrews 2 verse 8, this is another cross-reference. So if you were to go through your Bible and you'd cross-reference, you would see you'd go from Daniel 7 to Matthew 28. Matthew 28 will take you to, to right here to Hebrews 2. And then it's like a triangle. They just go, so they're connecting the dots is what it is. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 8. Just one little verse here. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. It's under his feet, not above him. You have put all things, and notice the wording here, all things in subjection under his feet. Now, if you want to learn a little bit more of that on your own time, go to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 25 and verse 27. It will dig in there more. But it's interesting, he said, you've put all things under his feet. Everything, it's under his feet. That means that Jesus has conquered it, talking about uh, the spiritual realm. Now, you're real close. Go, go right back to your right just a little bit, and you'll go to the book of 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. So this is very, very important that we see this to get, the, the, to get biblical insight. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who have obtained, better stated, those who have received like precious faith or faith of the same value with us. Now, how do we receive what he's talking about here? By the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So the way we inherit these things is by faith but the source is always the Lord Jesus. And so when you see right here, we, we've, we've become righteous because of Jesus. Not because of anything I've done. Because what Jesus does. So when you see that word righteous or righteousness, it literally means you're in right standing with God. And so when you receive Jesus as Lord of your life, he moves you into right standing. He looks at you and says, that's my boy, that's my girl. Why? Because you've been good old, no, no. It's all based on the Lord Jesus, on what he did. So literally stated, we're saved by grace. Okay, You're not saved by good works. You're saved by grace. And part of the blessings of grace, I've now been qualified. Good prayer to wake up in the mornings. Oh, Lord, I thank you today, Lord Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the right. I'm not going to be, I am. Keep reading verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Now, I don't know about you. I love the thought of grace and peace, but I really like the thought that grace and peace can be multiplied to me. He didn't say added. He said multiplied to you. Now, pay close attention how he says this will take place. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. In the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. In the knowledge of God. So I need to get to a place that I grow in the knowledge of God 
and the Lord Jesus. Now, the word knowledge in the Greek, it it indicates insight. I, I need to grow in insight. And Peter's message, that true knowledge is found in, in, in God of Christ and in the scriptures. So the way I begin to get knowledge is I got to get in the Bible. Got to start reading the Bible. You want to get knowledge? Get in the Word. And then have a relationship with Jesus. How many of you have ever had a, a, a father or a grandfather or grandmother or grandmother that would teach you how to do stuff? They would show you, well, how'd you do it? You had to hang around with them. I remember when we were going to Bible school, we had a good friend, and they were newlyweds, and, and his wife never could figure out how to cook. Well, I had a grandmother that was an incredible cook. How many of you ever had a grandma that was an incredible cook? Man, my grandma took great joy. She would just sit there and watch me and my brother eat. Oh, we would tear it up. Well, we go to her house one weekend, and every time I would go by the kitchen, this guy's wife was sitting in a chair in my grandma's kitchen. I thought, what's she doing? I said, what is she doing in there? And he goes, I told her she's got to sit in here and learn everything that your grandma can teach her. So again, when you hang out with Jesus, you, got, you, you begin to get some knowledge. Get into the word and God will, get it. God will start putting knowledge in you. Don't read the word for quantity. Read the word with quality, Okay. This may help you. I, I, I remember when people started first telling me, you got to start reading your Bible. Well, I'd read it, and I'd read it as fast as I can, and then I thought, I read a whole chapter, but I, I can't tell you one thing that was said in there. Have you ever done that? I would do that, and I, oh my. So I began to slow down, and I began to dissect the Word of God. And the more you dissect the Word, just slow down. It's kind of like Grandma's cinnamon roll, just really savor it. Take a mmm, mmm. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Verse 3. As his divine power, whose divine power? Father God's divine power has given to us all things. Has given to us all things. Has, has, has given to us. Not that he's going to do it. He is giving to us all things. That pertain to life and godliness. He's given us all things. He's already done it that pertain to how to live this life and godliness or holiness through the knowledge of Him. So you begin to see something again. The only way I begin to understand the things he's given me is I've got to get knowledge of, of, of the things that he's given me over and over. I've got to grow in those things. Who called us by glory and virtue or excellence. By which have been given to us. By which have been given to us. Now again, I've got to be born again. I've got to know Jesus is Lord of my life. That's the only way I'm in right standing. And when you get born again... These, these things that he's talking about giving to us, they're yours. They're part of your inheritance. So he says, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these, these exceedingly great and precious promises, 
You may be partakers of the divine nature. You may be partakers of his DNA. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, or better stated, he's, he's got you out of the, the corruption of this world. Now, I don't know if you caught those this right there in that passage. He's given to us not just promises, not just great promises, but he said exceedingly great and precious promises. So the only way that I find out what is mine or those promises, I got to face the book. Not Facebook. I got to face the book. I, I got to get into the Word. I got, I got to find out. See, it, it would be like someone that would leave you an inheritance and they've got a will and they left you an inheritance. But if you never knew what that inheritance was, it wouldn't do you a bit of good. Well, I believe to agree, this is what happens with many Christians. We don't know what the promises are. We don't have a clue what the promises are. So if you don't know what the promise is, it's very hard to walk in that, to ask or to understand. This is mine because of Jesus. Turn with me to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. So what you begin to see here just immediately, I can grow in knowledge. I can grow in authority. And I also can grow when I have an understanding of what's my promises that God's already given to me. John chapter 8. Verse 31. Now I'm going to read verse 31 and 32 really, really quick. And then I'm going to break this down because there's some truth in here. John 8, verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, I've, I've heard John 8, 32 over and over from people. You'll know the truth, the truth will set you free. You'll know the truth, the truth will set you free. Well, if you're not careful... You've mispresented that verse. Well, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So are you saying that verse isn't true? Oh, it's true. But you've got to go back and look at verse 31 to walk in verse 32. Now pay close attention here what he says. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word... If you abide, if you remain faithful to my teaching, the Amplified says, and if you live in accordance with them. So if you take what he's saying there, you must abide in my word. You must live in my word. You must stay with my word day by day by day by day. And when I abide in his word, when I make the word of God at home in me, then I go to verse 32 and I say, Lord, You'll know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So the only way I know the truth is I keep going uh, going to it. I keep getting into it. Keep speaking the word. Keep looking at the word. And all of a sudden, knowledge starts coming. And that knowledge says, this is what the word of God says I can be, I can do, and I can have. So it's kind of like in elementary. You start learning your, your, your alphabet. A, B, C, D, L, M, O, G, F, T. You know, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. But guess what? Through a thing called repetition, 
You begin to learn those things and you learn. Guess what? You got knowledge and you started knowing them. And because you know them, they started benefiting you. You can write your name now, maybe. So you see what he's trying to get a hold of is, and so the, the, the standard is what is right. The truth must be embraced. The Greek word for truth is reality. So when you read this, to embrace the reality of the word of God brings freedom. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, freedom from Jesus wasn't for me to live however I want. That freedom was to help me to get away from the bondages and the sin and the life I used to live in. So, man, I'm telling you, my life is so much better because of the Word of God. Speak the Word. Get the Word in you. Hang out with the Word of God. Hang out. Remember there in Luke 10, uh, the lady uh, Martha? Woo, she was upset at her sister Mary. And Jesus said, Mary's found the good part. And the good part was, I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus and hear the Word. Ooh, something happens. Something happens. When, so you begin to see here. I've got to get in the Word. I've got to gain knowledge through the Word. And the Bible says in James, be a doer of the Word and not a hearer only. Well, what does that mean? Well, go to the book of Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Now, I remember getting born again and I began to see these scriptures. And this is one of the first scriptures that was ever really, really strongly presented to me. And I, I believe this, this will birth something in you tonight. Colossians 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ, the message of Christ, dwell in you richly. Let, let it fill your lives. Let it have its home in you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Let it flood you with wisdom. Now, if you put that together, man, when I begin to get into the word of God, the word of God will give me wisdom, wisdom principles on how to live this life. How many want principles how to live this life? And I love the thought. Teaching and admonishing one another. Applying the scriptures. Teach them. Admonish them. The word admonish means to train and to instruct. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with your grace in your hearts to the Lord. And when I read this. And you start, you start hanging around the Word of God and the Holy Spirit starts moving in you. And it's almost like it's, it's prophetic. It's given spontaneously by the Word of God. Do you know, a lot of times the way I learned the Word of God was through songs. Beloved, let us love one another. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love, 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Over and over, over, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I would sing that, just song after song, and this is what would happen. And so, man, there's many times in here, I'm singing. You won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Bound, oppressed, tormented, sick, or lame, because the Holy Spirit of Acts is still the same. You won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. 
And so it, it would just begin to flow. It'll just kind of bubble on the inside of me. Watch what God will do when you start singing the word. Verse 17. And whatever you do, and whatever you do, the, the Amplified says, no matter what it is, and whatever you do in word, in oath, or what you say, or indeed in acts, actions, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever I do, when I say, I tag it with the name of Jesus. And whatever I do, I tag it with the name of Jesus. And so this was what was spoken to me as a young believer. There'll be times in your life, you don't know what to pray. You don't know what to say. Just say Jesus. Just say Jesus. Just say Jesus. Now, there's a nugget right here in verse 17 that I really want you to get. And it says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. So to highlight that word Lord right there, if he's not Lord of your life, it won't work. And when you see the word Lord, the word Lord right here means master, it means king, it means ruler, it means he's number uno. Just him. And so sometimes I've had people say, I spoke in the name of Jesus and didn't work. Well, is he Lord of your life? Well, I, I, I confess Jesus as Lord of my life, but is he the master? Is he the ruler? Because again, we serve a king who likes to be selfish. The Bible said he's a jealous God. He doesn't like to share. He said, I'm, I'm all yours and you're all mine. And so sometimes I got to look at this. Is Jesus Lord of my life? Do I live like he's Lord? Do I praise him like he's Lord of my life? So something begins to happen when we begin to see the name of Jesus and he's Lord of my life. And I speak in that name. I speak in that in the name of Jesus. Ooh, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Why do I need to gain knowledge of Lord Jesus? Because that's my authority. Whatever you do in word or deed, you do in the name of Jesus. So guess what? You need to learn the name of Jesus and you speak it with boldness and you speak it with faith and you speak it with an expectation. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Why is that so important? Why is that so, so valuable? Look with me. Go, go right to your left. To Philippians chapter 2. Woo, you're to, you're to drench yourself in word or deed in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. I've seen that name work in incredible situations in my life. You know what the good thing about the name of Jesus is? It's unlimited. The Bible doesn't say, well, while you're here on earth, you get, you get 10,000 swipes. That's it. Nah, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Now remember, all authority was given to him in heaven and earth. All things are under his feet. 
So what we did begin to see here is one, I've got to understand authority, Jesus' name. I've got to get kingdom knowledge. I've got to get into the word. But watch this in Philippians 2, verse 9. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him. God highly exalted Jesus because he was obedient to the point of death. He fulfilled what God put the assignment on him to do and has given him the name which is above every name. The name which is above every name. So every name is beneath or under the feet of the Lord. If it's got a name, it's under his feet. It's under him. Verse 10. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth. Better than Visa. It's universal. The name of Jesus speaks in heaven, it speaks in earth, and it speaks in hell. And let me highlight something here. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Jesus is the only name by which men can be saved. Let me help you with that. The only way to the Father is through the Son. John 4. The only way to the Father is through the Son. Well, I'm going to come in from this way. I'm, I, I, I believe there's a lot of different ways to God. Wrong. Just one. And, and note again, who gave him the name that's above every name? Father God did. Father God said, that's it right there. The way you have access to Father God is through the name of Jesus. Verse 11. And that every tongue could, should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every tongue should confess that he's Lord. Now let me help you a little bit with that. You can say in our world, in our society, not every tongue confesses he's Lord. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. What do you mean by that? The day's coming where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess he's Lord. And here's the thing on that statement right there. You do it willingly by your own choice or there's a consequence for that. And when you realize he was Lord, it's too late. But let me give you a little insight. The Bible's very clear that the name of Jesus is alive and well in heaven right now. Heaven responds to the name of Jesus. Luke 15, 7 says that the angels in heaven rejoice when one sinner gives his heart to the Lord. Well, where is the sinner at when he gets born again? Right here on earth. And so heaven applauds. Heaven recognizes the name of Jesus, but the other side of that Hell and the demons recognize it too because in Luke 10, the, the, the disciples said, Lord Jesus, 
Even the demons are subject to us in your name. And in Luke 10, 19, Jesus said, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And so guess what? Hell recognizes the name. The demons are fully aware of Jesus because of what he did to him. According to Colossians 2.15, he spoiled principalities. He, he made an open show of them. In other words, he kicked their tails what he did. So what you begin to see here is, I got authority in the name of Jesus. I got authority. And so what begins to happen is I begin to find out what these precious promises are. Woo, I, I see these promises. And I begin to pray these promises. And when I pray these promises, I do it all in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So when you go through and you find scripture that pertains to your life, that's, that's those exceeding great and precious promises. And he has given them to us. If you're born again, he's given them to us. And so if you've never acted on them, you're living way beneath your inheritance. So I give you an illustration on how I've used the scripture in my own life. Because of hang-ups in my life, addictions. I stood on Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 and it says, He, the Lord Jesus, has delivered me out of the power of darkness. In, in my life I had severe darkness in the way of alcohol. So you know what I'd say? I'd say, Father God, your word said you've delivered me out of the power of darkness. I receive that in Jesus' name. I, I thank you that alcohol has no dominion over me. I begin to pray that. I begin to speak that. I had it written on the dash of a car. I had it on a mirror in our bathroom. It was taped onto our refrigerator. And it said, Stormy Swan, God has delivered you from the power of, of alcohol. And he's transferred you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And so I'd begin to speak that. I'd pray that. I'd say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Alcohol has no dominion over me. And you quit overnight. Wrong. I didn't. Remember, you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know the truth. How do you know? You stay with it. You stick with it. Well, the word doesn't work. No, it'll work. You got to stay with it. Stay with it. And, and how do you know when it's there, when it starts working? Because something deposits in your heart, and all of a sudden there's a day when you realize something on the inside's happening on the outside. And oh, what a change in my life. I stood and I stood. I'd have Shelly pray for me day after day after day. Now, here's, here's another thought for you. Many of you heard these for many years. I, I had terrible problems with my sleep. Terrible. I, I, I could preach for two weeks on sleepwalking stories. Just, I, I mean, some was bizarre. Some were, were, were satanic. I won't go in the satanic ones because some of you would say, you've got to be kidding me. No. Man, it would wear me out. I, I, I started walking in my sleep when I was five. I, I remembered certain things at a five-year-old. And a lot of times people have a thought, well, you'll outgrow that. I didn't. And so I'm in my 20s, and it, it has progressively gotten worse. I'm in crazy stuff. And I said, Father God, I know that's not your desire. I know. Woo, those exceedingly great and precious promises. So in the Word of God, there's buried treasure, but sometimes you got to dig. 
So I said, I know, Father God, you got something that pertains to sleeping. So I began to find scripture. And every time I find scripture, I'd write it down. You know why? Those are exceeding great and precious promises. That's part of what he's given to me. And so I found out in Psalms 127 too. He said, I give my beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. He said in Psalm 4, 8, almost the same things. He said in Proverbs 3, 27, ooh, sweet and peaceful sleep. Sweet and peaceful sleep. I give my beloved. I thought, that's me. I'm his beloved. So I'd start praying that before I'd get in bed. I'd say, oh, Father God, I thank you for sweet and peaceful sleep in Jesus' name. You got to tag it with Jesus' name. <laughs> speak the name of Jesus. Speak the and so I'd begin to speak it. Ooh, I sleep well right now, guys. Shelly will say, you can go to sleep in 30 seconds. That's true. If I sat down here by you near and got real still, I'd fall asleep. God bless me. And you know what? It's not because I'm special. It's not because I get dressed in a phone booth. It's because you just get a hold of the word of God and you start staying with it. And I think, thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So guess what? You got to get knowledge. Got to get knowledge. Woo, got to get, get the wisdom of the word. You got to stand on the word, and then you start speaking in the name of Jesus. And I'll tell you right now, if your kids are having issues, speak over them. Speak the things of God. If you're having issues in your own life, find scripture that pertains and says, Woo, Lord Jesus, you're Lord of my life. This is for me. Why don't you stand up? Wow, Pastor. So we'll take a little bit each week, just a little bit each week. And I tell you, God has, God has blessed my life so much. God, it's incredible what, what he's done that I look and I think, when I was studying on these lines, I thought, man, Lord, you've blessed me. I, I have walked in those exceedingly great and precious promises. And he set me free. He's delivered me. He's blessed me. <laughs> wow. The list just goes on and on. But see, God wants to do the same for you. He said in, in um, Acts 10, 34, through, through Peter, he said, God's no respecter of persons. God's no respecter of persons. Just got to make Jesus Lord of your life and then get into the Word. Would you bow your head? Let's pray. Father God, we love you tonight. We honor you tonight. Oh, Father God, we thank you for your Word again. And, even more so, Lord, we thank you for your son, the Lord Jesus. Woo, we've been saved by grace, and we thank you for that. What a gift that you just graced us tonight. And, Lord, all over your house, I, I pray right now the, the appetite to grow in wisdom and knowledge only through your word. And, Lord, bless us with a, a fresh revelation. Who then we speak in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, God moves. God moves. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, let me highlight something here with you, okay? That's why it's so important you get into the Word of God. I, I stand on the Scriptures, and then I use the name of Jesus. That keeps me in line with, with God's will and His Word, okay? When you find Scripture, man, that's, you know what the Scripture is? That's the title deed. You get the title deed, you can say, it's mine, it's mine. And so that's what keeps me rooted and grounded that the word of God said this. So anytime you can find in scripture, you can tell the devil it's finished. It's right here. I got the title date. Thank you for listening today. 
For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.